Hey, welcome to Stories and Strategies. This week, we want to feature an episode published a few weeks ago by the Woman Up with the Sister Brand podcast. Now, this is a podcast featuring real-life sisters Lana Milner and Laura Thompson. This is an episode they did about macro versus micro influencers. We produced it here at Stories and Strategies, and when I heard it, I thought, that's a great topic. We should have them on the show. And then I thought, why don't we just offer the whole episode to our audience? This is a growing trend in podcasting, actually. It's called a feed drop. So we're offering this as a bonus episode with a regular Stories and Strategies episode provided again next week on our regular cadence. We want to know what you think of this idea. If the episode you're about to hear is good, relevant to you, should we do feed drops from time to time, maybe every three months or so, always as a bonus episode? In the show notes, you'll see a link to a survey. You can let us know what you think anonymously. Thanks for listening to Stories and Strategies. Now here's that bonus episode, Woman Up with the Sister Brand. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> I know, I'm waiting for you. It's okay, go ahead. <laughs> go for it. No, it sneeze. No. No, 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 I can't. I can't sneeze on the spot. <laughs> Hello, people, and welcome to Woman Up with the Sister Brand. Okay, today we are talking about micro versus macro influencing. So we all know that micro influencing is a big buzzword right now, but there's a reason for that, and that is because it's trending for 2023. Well, and so many people in business, they need that push. It is a trend because it's our businesses nowadays are so heavily put in social media that we need those influencers. And this is the way that social media works now. So trying to get the right influencers and figure out how to do this, it's a whole, it's a mess. It's a gong show. It really is. It's a beast. And yeah. It really is a beast. So today we're going to talk about if you are a small business, how do you know which route to go? Do you look at the micro-influencer or the macro-influencer? We're going to talk about the differences between them. We're also going to talk about if you're looking at their following count, is that a good indicator? Oh, because that is the way. biggest thing. People <laughs> people love that number. It's the biggest thing. And how do you choose an influencer if you're not going by their following count? So those are the things we are going to dive into today on... Today, today, today. 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 Did you like that? <laughs> today on Woman Up. All right, we are talking all things influencer today. And there's a lot of different types of influencers. So I had to actually Google it because I wanted to know exactly what the parameters are. But you might have heard of them, like Laura, a micro-influencer. How many followers do you think you have to have to be called a micro-influencer? Well, there's so many different metrics out there. But I mean, realistically, it's between 1,000 and 100,000 followers. I mean, 100,000 people is a lot of followers. Okay, well, I, I it is, absolutely. So I looked up a, a, a scale, if you will, and the scale is that a micro is considered 500,000 to 10,000, and a mid-tier... 500 to 10,000, you mean? No, 5,000 to 10,000. You said 500,000. Oh, did I? <laughs> Let's get our numbers right. <laughs> See, it's that hard. So 5,000 to 10,000 followers would classify you as a micro-influencer. Mid-tier would be 100,000 to 500,000. Macro being the much larger yeah. influencer, the 500K to 1 million. And then your 
like mega status if you're 1 million plus. Justin Bieber's of the world. Right. And it's all according to your followers, typically on Instagram. Really, like that's what you're looking at. I know. And this gets me heated up so much, Lana, because this follower number has so much weight nowadays. Mm -hmm. And I can't stand it because it's not realistic. Half of the people out there with these massive accounts, those aren't real followers following them. So many people have... Right. Or they start... Yeah, they've paid for them or you know what, they've, mm-hmm. they're have they not actually engaged people following them. And yet all of a sudden, yeah. or they had their accounts so long ago that they've built it since the dawn of Instagram. Yeah. And that's not to say that there aren't accounts with completely loyal, true number following. I know that there are many, many, many of those, but so many of them are not. They're just, they're bots, right? And it- yeah, we call it Spot-a-Bot. Spot-a-Bot a mile away. Spot-a-Bot. Lana and I have a sixth sense for spotting bots. And what is our go-to? Like when we when we think that maybe an account isn't as authentic as they probably should be, what's our number one thing that we look for? You always go to their reels right away because, and I know that reels right now in the Instagram algorithm have really dropped on views. Oh, and, don't get me started. And we get that. But if you have an account with hundreds of thousands of followers or even let's call it 60, 80,000 followers, and they're getting no views on their reels, that means that they do not have an authentic engagement. And so then you can go into their followers right away and you can spot those bots. <laughs> they usually have the numbers, the underscores. If you go to their accounts, they have 17 pictures of the same mm-hmm. guy standing next to the same car and usually from overseas as well. Yeah. And also they're almost always private. And so you can see them so quickly and you'll know right away. But we see this all the time with businesses, especially we work primarily with women in business. And what we see is these beautiful, amazing companies collaborating Mm -hmm. with mostly bot-driven influencers. And what's that going to do to your ROI? Well, and what they must have paid. Because if you follow the... I guess the metrics for, you know, how you're classified as a mid-tier or a macro or a micro, mm-hmm. that that comes with dollar signs, right? <gasps> the more followers you have, the more it costs. It blows my mind, Lana. Like, I mean, we've been down this road. We we've we've talked and seen and and worked with people who are dealing with influencers and some of the costs that are associated with doing an Instagram story mm-hmm. is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like 45 seconds, not even 45 seconds, a 30 second, 15 second plug on their story is going to cost you upwards of twenty, thirty thousand dollars US. Right. It's insanity. And that is why micro influencing is trending the way it is. Because if you are going with a, a mid to macro to mega influencer, you're getting, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, there's, A, the authenticity factor goes down quite a bit because you've got this huge celebrity or somebody with that status hawking your goods. And even if they're somewhat aligned or aligned completely, it's not always feeling authentic when it's coming from those larger accounts because you know they're getting paid a lot of money to do it. Yeah. So enter the micro-influencer. It's all about the micro-influencer. All of these smaller accounts, you know what? There's so much authenticity and, and loyalty too. You find a micro-influencer and you want a brand partner with them, they are going to go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And some of these bigger accounts, they don't have the time, or I hate to say it, a lot of time they don't have the care to really give your brand what it deserves and the work that you're putting in. This is your baby. You're working so hard for it. And then you get the, the big ones out there 
and they're just getting paid. So it's a payday. A payday, exactly. Well, according to Forbes.com, micro-influencers boast up to 60% increased engagement. That's huge. And that, in turn, lends to a 20% higher conversion rate than that of the typical macro-influencers. So that's a huge difference. When you're putting your marketing dollars down, and especially if you can spread it out to a few influencers mm-hmm. that are more aligned with you know, your niche, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. You know what? These, these smaller accounts, they are so driven by their own business. Why, what, they want to succeed too. And so it's a partnership. They're like brand partnerships with a smaller business are going to be successful on both sides. And these big accounts, they don't need a bigger following. They're mm-hmm. not looking to grow from your following. So these micro-influencers, it's you get it from both sides and it's way better return on investment. So speaking of return on investment, how do you know where to spend your money, how much to spend? If somebody's asking you for $20,000, which they likely wouldn't Never. if they were a micro-influencer, but let's say even $10,000 for a post. How do you know if you're going to get your return on investment? Well, there's a lot of new tools out there, and you'll see them moving forward into 2023 as one of those trending apps is the ROI calculator for influencers. We've even purchased it before. It does add a new dimension to figuring out who to go with and how much money to spend. And I, I believe that there's such value in this because as even micro-influencers, whoever you are, your content creation takes time and it takes hard work and it takes effort and trying to make um, a brand collaboration that not only gives back to the company that's hiring you, but also lends to your audience and your feed. It's, it's a difficult. It's not an easy task. And so you should be paid accordingly. And so there's tons of these new calculators out there where you can input your views and your reach and all of those metrics that you can see in Instagram. And it will give you a number that you should be charging for your influencing. Yeah, people should follow us on Instagram. Maybe we'll post one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how do you choose an influencer then? If you're really concentrating on your niche and what you're selling, what should you be looking for when looking for that perfect influencer? You know what? I think that there are it's not an easy thing and you shouldn't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. That would be my biggest advice is that don't just jump to be like, oh, I'm going to do a brand collab with you and oh, I'm going to get you to do influencing mm-hmm. because it has to be so aligned and your target audiences have to be aligned. It can't be someone that you just really, really like. Yeah. And also, I think another big mistake is that you see somebody else on something else that's big. Like, let's say you have a local influencer who is just featured on the news or just featured by another big influencer. And you're like, wow, if she's getting traction, we should go with her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there might be a small percentage of times where that that's beneficial, but for the most part, let them do their lane. I think you really have to dig deep and see where your what you're selling, your brand, what you're selling is aligned with somebody and how how much they're showing up authentically. Are they posting a lot of other collabs too? That's a big red flag right away because we see that a lot there is nothing worse oh gosh and we've known so many people that have invested tons of money and time into influencer collabs and you feel like you've made a connection with this person and you feel like this is going to be amazing 
and they roll out and you have a great collab and two days later they've got a collab with somebody else that trumps yours and you are dead in the water now. Right. Or they're very, very similar in product. So that's yeah. that right there is where the authenticity factor tends to wane. And you you need to make sure that's in your contract. You need a non-compete. <laughs> you need a contract, absolutely. And you need to make sure that that's in there and that it says very clearly that in, you know a similar collab cannot be done in for, within right. certain parameters that you choose. Yeah, and if you're looking for a contract, you can easily get one on Google. It's in, They're everywhere now. Go online, make sure you do get that in writing. It's so important. Um, and if, you're, if your influencer wants to give you a... Uh, a contract, that's fine too, but just make sure you go through it with the fine tooth comb. Yeah. And there are a lot of amazing influencers out there. There, We've seen people that have really done a number on, I mean, we're we're living proof of this. Jillian Harris, right? She did it for us out of the kindness of her heart. She posted our woman up and literally within like our phones, Lana, do you remember that moment? Ding, 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 ding. Order, 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 order. Yeah. And it was an unreal. I think we had over 500 orders within 24 hours. And for us, that was massive. And she is one of the ones that is very true and authentic. And what you see is what you get. But you can also tell that from having seen her do this for years. Mm-hmm. So she's one of the big ones. If you're going to go big, right? Like it's people that are like that. Yeah. And as long as it's aligned with your niche. Absolutely. Okay, so number one, how to choose an influencer, look for somebody who is aligned with your niche, knows what they're doing, isn't hawking something different every second day, and look for that 5,000 to say 20,000 range for your for your following. And dive into their followers, see who who's following them, see what their reels reach is like. The ratio shouldn't be insane for views to followers. What do you think that ratio should look like? You know what? If somebody has 10,000 followers, they should be getting reels, views, reaches of probably 2,000 and up. That would be reasonable. Right now. Right now, we're in the reels dive. Yeah. So the metrics are all over the place. But right now, when reels, views aren't getting very good views, that would be a pretty decent ratio. Okay. If I was going to consider a macro influencer, why should I or shouldn't I? Again, just completely aligned with your brand. And if you've got the money to spend on a macro influencer and you know somebody that just feels so right for your brand, do it. Absolutely do it. Mm -hmm. But have those conversations. Ask the questions. You are allowed to ask to see their analytics. I want to see what your reach is like. They don't have to give you their back back end, but they can take screenshots of what their, their views are. Um, from the back end of their Instagram. And number one thing not to go off of when looking for a micro-influencer or a macro-influencer? Right away, the initial number. The follower number, the count. Every time. Because it's not always correct. Yeah, I thought we'd share the story of when we met Caitlin Bristow here last year. She, of course, uh, was internet famous. Uh, she's from the Edmonton area. So from our area, she went on to Dancing with the Stars. She's been on The Bachelorette. Uh, so she's got a huge following. Uh, and when we chatted with her, she had mentioned that uh, at one point in her career, she was offered an mm-hmm. absurd amount of money 
to rep, I believe it was like a tea company. And almost every single bachelor or bachelorette that comes off that show is offered the same amount of money. And she was like, heck yeah, I want to take that. But she had a friend named Penny who is in the industry. And she said, hell no. Don't you dare do it. She said, it's not aligned with you. You do not rep tea companies or whichever it was. I can't remember now. But she said, that is so off brand for you. And it will be suicide. Yeah. And so she didn't do it. And she wanted to. Best. Yeah, she yeah. wanted to. She's like, I'll poop my pants for three days if, if, it's, if you're going to line my pockets with a few grand. But um, good thing she didn't because now she has collabs all over the place. And I think that's such a valid point, too, to the opposite side of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. We're talking about hiring the influencers. But what about the people that are wanting to get into influencing and doing that? You know, you see so many people and a lot of them are micro influencers that are just taking the collabs because it's a paycheck. Yeah, but you got it. You have to align yourself. If it's not on your brand, it's not going to be seen as authentic. Well, and I think for this particular company, I'm not going to name them. I know what their name is. But I think it was a bit of a branding suicide for them because it became so overdone that you knew that every single one of these uh, so-called celebrities coming off these shows were going to rep this brand and talk about how great it was and how flat their stomach feels and all the things. I was going to say, it's because that's all they got to drink on the show is tea. <laughs> yeah, there's no eating on The Bachelorette. Ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, so it's, it's a really great, um, I think, case in point for how being choosy is really important for both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, if you're also an influencer, be choosy. And, and don't also don't choose an influencer that is just always pushing the next best thing. And there are also so many sites out there that you can go to. Um, like one, for instance, would be Social Blade. Mm-hmm. You can sign up and, and you can type in someone's Instagram handle and they basically give them a rating. They give them an A plus, B minus, whatever it is. And they tell you their engagement rate. They tell you all their metrics. And those are really helpful. So if you are looking to collab with somebody, those are the kind of platforms that we would suggest checking out too. Yeah, and we use it quite often too, just when we're, we're investigating other companies that we're working with. Uh, so it is a really, really helpful tool. So I think the, the bottom line is that micro-influencing is you're going to serve more of a niche. You're also going to have a lower cost for a higher ROI. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're going to see a lot more of it in the year to come. All right, that's a wrap for today. Thank you very much for listening to the Woman Up podcast. We love all things branding, all things social media influencing. If you have any questions, hit us up, send us a DM. We're always here to listen. Thank you to Doug with Stories and Strategies, our pod father, for always putting this together and he's making us sound good. Right, Lana? Always makes us sound good. And thank you to you, our listener. And you know what? We're the, we're the sister brand. We love helping women in business level up. So give us a follow on social media and stay tuned for the next show. Bye.